Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. A temporary fix could soon end. Will Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans soon not be able to enter the country under parole? This as a federal judge in the small South Texas town of Victoria will have to decide if the Biden administration program is legal. They are anxious to receive and welcome their loved ones through this parole program, which is the only avenue they have to be able to be safe. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. I'm Jamie Virgen with Sinclair Broadcasting in Texas. That hearing was held on August 25th in Victoria. The issue is the program that the Biden administration launched in January that allows about 30,000 people a month to come into the country legally from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Each person coming across must have a sponsor who will make themselves responsible for them before they can travel and they have to already be vetted by the federal government. Jay Avila was at the hearing and explains. The Biden administration launched this parole program in January. It allows up to 30,000 people a month into the U.S. from Haiti, Cuba, Nicaragua and Venezuela. The program is only open to immigrants from those four countries who apply for temporary legal status for urgent humanitarian reasons or significant public benefit. They also must have a sponsor in the United States who can help them financially and with finding a job. Eric Seip testified about sponsoring a friend from Nicaragua who is now staying with Seip's family in Washington state. This program is a bright spot in what seems to be an extremely broken immigration system, and it really centers on relationships and on bringing people together. The Joseph family from New York were also at the trial. They are sponsoring seven relatives trying to escape violence in Haiti. They are anxious to receive and welcome their loved ones through this parole program, which is the only avenue they have to be able to be safe. Attorneys for Texas and 20 other states argue the Biden administration does not have the authority to run a parole program without approval from Congress and that it puts a financial strain on the U.S. healthcare system, police, schools, and driver's license enforcement. Immigrant advocate groups and the Department of Justice have been arguing in support of the federal program. It's estimated 160,000 people have already entered the U.S. on this parole pathway. U.S. District Court Judge Drew Tipton is expected to rule late next month if the program can continue. In Victoria, Jay Avila reporting.
During opening statements, one person's story was brought up. He's a major league baseball player with a $78 million contract from Venezuela. So why was his case brought up during this hearing? Amy Maldonado, who often helps us decipher from the immigration's attorney's point of view, is with us since she represents Eduardo Rodriguez of the Detroit Tigers. Amy, talk to us about the reason why uh, Eduardo Rodriguez was mentioned in the opening statements of this lawsuit between 21 states and President Biden's administration. So as I mentioned, Yami, um, my client is Eduardo Rodriguez. He is publicly supporting President Biden's parole program. And part of the reason is he, as a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, has not been able to have his family ever visit him in the United States. His parents have never seen him play. Um, and the reason is because Venezuela is essentially a failed state and visitor visas require proof that you intend to return to your home country, even though his parents and brother have sworn that they will return to Venezuela, he has more than enough financial resources. He has a reported $77 million multi-year contract with the Detroit Tigers. They won't approve them to come. They have no criminal history. They've never been here. They've never done anything wrong. And so President Biden's parole program is basically the only way that he's going to be able to get his family in to be able to stay with him for a little while and see him play. And that is a huge issue for him. And I actually have multiple MLB players and a coach who have filed petitions for their family members and from Venezuela. And one of them filed for his girlfriend because she also can't get a visa to visit him and see him play. And so you also have a situation where you know, as you know, many people are coming to the border seeking asylum. Venezuela has more than 7 million displaced people right now. It's the largest refugee crisis in Latin American history. And the parole program that President Biden has instituted provides an orderly mechanism for people to be evaluated, screened, and allowed to enter to apply for asylum, to stay here for a couple of years if that's all they want to do with their family members. There, it gives them work authorization and it relieves some of the massive pressure on the southern border. Asylum is a right to apply for. You have a right to seek it. Um, a lot of Venezuelans qualify for asylum right now because they've been targeted for their political opposition to Maduro's re regime for whatever reason. But, you know, we don't want mass chaos at the border. I get that. And President Biden's system allows screening and make sure that people who are coming in have financial resources and supporters so they're not going to come in and, you know, be on the streets or have nothing. So I support the parole program. My client supports the parole program. The state of Texas doesn't want it, yet they're also, they don't want the border crisis. They're busing children who are now dying. As you know, that three-year-old died on the en route to Chicago. This is just, it's a it is it is a mess, not of the United States making, but under our laws, people have the right to apply for protection and relief. So I yeah, that's why they mentioned him. So let me ask you this. I mean, your client and your other clients are millionaires living in the United States who are asking yeah. for the right for their families to come visit them. Are these that's people true. are these people believe 
does the government believe or do the states believe that they're going to stay and get handouts from the U.S. government when their family member makes 78 million a year? No, they don't believe that at all. But the issue is, in order to qualify for a tourist visa, you have to prove to the government that you are absolutely going to go back to your home country. The burden is on the applicant. And so if the government thinks there is any chance that you won't go back, then they won't approve it. And that's one of the reasons why Cuban baseball players can never have their family members visit because under the Cuban Adjustment Act, if a, you know, which is very favorable only to Cubans, if a Cuban is admitted or paroled to the country, they can apply for a green card a year later. So they never get tourist visas because even if they don't intend to stay, if they truly want to go back, the government won't approve it because it's possible for them to stay. And so, for example, for my baseball players from Venezuela who have become U.S. citizens, they're eligible to file green cards for their parents if their parents come visit. Now, you know, I have baseball players who said, who have told me, my mom doesn't want to live here because he's got a sweet setup for her in Venezuela. She's very well off. You know, my client made tens of millions of dollars before he retired from MLB. But to get her a visitor visa, I recommended that we file for a immigrant visa for her, so for her to get a green card, so that she could refuse it at the consulate to prove to them she doesn't want to stay. I mean, this is ridiculous. And the consular officers make these decisions in about, you know, three minutes. They're, and when you have a country like Venezuela, which is in a state of collapse, we don't even have an embassy in Venezuela. They have to go to Bogota. Appointments for visitor visas are taking one to two years or more around the world. Um, we're talking about consular officers that just deny every case that comes before them. It doesn't matter that, you know, their kid is a multimillionaire in the U.S. playing MLB and they his parents would like to see him play. Um, anything else that you want to add? Were you kind of surprised? I, I mean, a lot of people were shocked that this major federal hearing is taking place in tiny little Victoria, Texas. Well, yeah. I mean, that's obviously the strategy of the Republican attorney generals that want to challenge the program. They're picking a venue where they know they're going to get a favorable judge that is opposed to the Biden administration. And that's what they got. And so they got a very favorable judge and It'll go from there to the Fifth Circuit, which is a very favorable circuit to Republicans and very um, not favorable for the Biden administration and then potentially to the Supreme Court. But here's the thing. The ability of the president to control who comes to the border and is allowed to enter or not is very, very broad. It is constitutional. It is the basis that, you know, the Muslim ban was upheld because the president has a lot of power to say who can and can't come to the U.S. Well, it doesn't work both ways, Yemi. You can't say, okay, this president can say no to everybody, not on an individualized basis, but now this other president, because he's a Democrat, can't say yes to a bunch of people. All of these um, parolees who are applying go through an individual process. Their sponsors file an I-134A online for them, naming them and their spouse or children, giving their passport numbers. They are screened. They're pre-screened by CBP. You have to upload extensive financial documents. We're talking tax returns, W-2s, bank statements, CDs, bonds, proof of relationship, proof of the person, the sponsor's lawful status in the United States, 
with a declaration under oath that they're going to provide specific kinds of support to these people when they get here. And then you have, you know, the Republican attorney general saying, well, they're not doing an individualized process. They absolutely are. Every single applicant, once the the I-134A is approved, downloads the CBP-1 app and goes through a CBP screening process before they're approved to board a flight to the United States. So to me, this is an orderly way to let people, a lot of whom will come anyway to the southern border, obviously not my client's family because he's very well off and they don't necessarily want to live here. They just want to come visit and stay for a while. Yeah. Um, But it's a way to have an orderly process. People are coming in on planes. They're going through Customs and Border Protection at the airport. Why is anybody opposing that? It's a mystery to me. There are a total of 21 states challenging the parole program. They say that the policy is unlawful because it overpasses the federal government's parole authority. The judge should have a decision by the first week of September. Thanks for being with us for this segment of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. I am Jamie Virgen with Sinclair Broadcasting in Texas. Until next time.